Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplify. This is Ken Roshan. We are together for another great week. This is very music-oriented, and since uh, I was just at the Country Music Awards about a week ago, I am excited to continue the music conversation. And also, being a DJ for 35 years, does that date me a little bit? I actually have played the music and mixed the music of one of our guests, and for that matter, um, the other guest who has produced so much of it. Um, this is going to be a really cool show. I'm going to I'm going to reminisce, and so I'm excited. So, Andrea, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing really well. Uh, We've both been on the road traveling, doing some amazing things. While you're at the Country Music Awards, I was hanging out with billionaire Trammell Crow at his lovely estate and uh, learning all about the things that he's involved in. And uh, he has a huge Beatles collection, by the way, just just a little added. Since we're talking about music, it was fun to see all the books and paraphernalia and little people that he has for the Beatles so it was quite fun I meant uh, the little figurines thank you for the correction on that <laughs> I was going to say I, I didn't know that the Beatles had gotten so little <laughs> Yeah, it was quite fun. He had miniatures and mini miniatures of the Beatles. So uh, uh, quite a fascinating uh, array of things to look at and things to check out and a lot of books and literature about them as well. And I know uh, we both have been uh, traveling a lot, doing some great things with the Keep Smiling movement as well. Do you want to share some of the things that we have going on with that? Maybe. (laughs) Okay, I will. So I'll say that uh, we've been listening to this theme song that uh, I don't know who picked it. I think I picked it from Voice America some three or four years ago. But when it starts off, it it starts at little beat and it's like, uh, I don't know, some kind of club attempt. And then it goes into a fast motion for a second or two and then it slows down. And I've always noticed that and never spoke about it. But since we have these two musicians coming on, they probably have heard the beginning segment saying, you know what? I want to write a new theme song for Amplified. So if that comes up, um, I'm going to be very open to that. And then I guess <laughs> the Key Smiling movement is taking the biggest leap to making an impact in the world. The the quote by Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, gosh doggone it. I would say if we want to see a world full of smiles, love, acceptance, I would say the next thing we're doing, which uh, June 30th is right around the corner, we're going to have, God willing, about 100 books, 100, uh, yeah, 100 authors who are going to be authoring their book and submitting their chapter of how they overcame what they had to overcome to become the person that they are, the leader that they are, how they chose their purpose in life, and then really most importantly, how they create abundance, solve problems, and inspire hope and smiles. So I am... I think I'm as excited as I've ever been in life to be doing something that is important and uh, matters. And I think this is going to have a ripple effect that is going to be almost incalculable. So we have a list of authors that are committed and interested in being part of this 100 books. And if you are interested yourself and you'd like to write your chapter Uh, We are certainly interested to hear from you. Anyone that's inspiring positivity is leading communities, bringing communities together. Uh, We just would love to have the uh, Key Smiling Movement be 
a powerful tool that would allow you to be known and supported and even, um, you know, what else could I say? Just getting your word out about what you're doing is going to help you get your mission taken care of. So, Andrea, if you want to share a couple of the people that you're excited about being part of this 100 Books this is a pretty cool time to share it. You're doing a lot of interviews, if I recall. Randy Sutton was one of them. I was excited that you did. Oh, that that interview was stellar. Uh, so Randy Sutton is the founder of the Wounded Blue. And uh, Wounded Blue is a organization that provides funding and um, mental and, and other help for police officers and law enforcement who've been catastrophically injured in in their line of duty and then didn't uh, really have the support that they needed to be able to make it through. And so they are providing that for people and, and hearing his story and finding out what he's doing. You know, we've been super excited. Um, uh, I can't wait to write the press release of his story being released. Uh, it, it's uh, going to be something about um, the most uh, seen man on Las Vegas cops has now t- turned a cheek to create smiles for law enforcement officers all over the world. And uh, <laughs> so we're excited about that. But um, we're also interviewing uh, Dr. Ivan Meisner, who's been on Amplified with us before. And Dr. Ivan Meisner is the founder of BNI, Business Network International. And I, if I remember correctly, they have over 85,000 chapters worldwide of people who get together that are entrepreneurs who um, are looking to make a difference in the world and help each other by um, doing some cross-publicity, very similar to what we're doing with the Keep Smiling movement. And um, we have... Um, uh, Tammy uh, with uh, Chemo Buddies, uh, who is going to be working on uh, her book as well. And um, uh, our guest, Richard Burkhart, I've been interviewing him for his Keep Smiling book. And unbelievable, fascinating stories that you guys get to have a little taste of today. So it's been a very exciting. Uh, Jeff Steinberg, who's been on with us on Amplified, uh, telling his story about being born with no arms and uh, two severely deformed legs and, and being um, abandoned and, and left in an orphanage with um, elderly people um, um, and, uh, that combined uh, children who were unwanted with older people who were forgotten and how he made a life of happiness and and seeing himself as a miracle. So beautiful stories that are going to have a huge impact on people on not only their authority and credibility with being with like-minded people who are changing the world, but creating smiles and uh, collaboration with other organizations that are also making a difference. Oh, uh, Precious Procovia. Uh, uh, they are doing a medical mission in Uganda. And um, last year, they served over 4,500 4, people with free medical care, uh, children and adults in the community, because they realized that if you don't help the village, uh, help the child, then the children aren't going to make it. And uh, they are doing that this year so we're partnering with them as well and hearing her story of you know well, don't do all 100 don't do oh, all 100 because okay. we, I, get, I, we I, gotta do a show I just get super excited so uh, all right well i will try to stay away from the topic of keep smiling so that you do not get too excited <laughs> well i'm so, smiling right now <laughs> well dr ivan meisner um i think it's 8500 chapters not eighty-five thousand chapters well, I, maybe there's eighty-five thousand people in their organization maybe that's well, where that's Actually, there's 243,000 active members. And when I met him a month ago, he corrected that and said there's over 250,000 right now. So he's going to be a, a very exciting person to share his story because he did create BNI Business Network International out of just an idea. It was uh, uh, just something that people were asking, how do we 
come together, give referrals, and he came up with a, a you know a pilot group, and they asked, hey, can we make other groups? So he's really grown over the years. Every single year, his his uh, organization's grown. Uh, Frank Shankwitz, uh, his book is in process for print, so I know a lot of people that are going to see Wishman this uh, summer will be excited that his book tells really a more detailed story uh, than even the the movie. And what time? When is it that the book isn't more detailed or more powerful than the movie? The movie is obviously a great inspiration and really an easy way to experience a a story. But the book always gives the the real juice. And then we have Dr. Greg Reed, who even helped uh, us meet Frank. And then if it wasn't for uh, Jeff Steinberg coming on that uh, Winter Circle cruise, we wouldn't have our, our guest Richard Burtart. So that's pretty cool. And uh, I think that's that's a nice little wrap of... Oh, I, well, we, should, we should add John Shin, because if it weren't for John Shin, who's doing the Think and Grow Rich tour, we wouldn't have met Thea Austin, who is our second guest today. Heck yeah. And, you know, the thing that's really cool is that this list I've been working on for probably, I don't know, a couple weeks now, it does not reflect a lot of names that you're mentioning. So I'm excited to be adding more names. We may actually go over a hundred and I, I guess that's okay, but we are, we, our intention is to mail a hundred books to all the big talk shows for them to see the unsung heroes, the people that you may not know their name, but they're making big things happen. For instance, everyone knows Wishman. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, make a wish foundation, but they don't necessarily know Frank Shankwitz and they don't know the story that actually caused this phenomenon to happen. And there's so many other great stories like his that we're able to uh, not just expose and to inspire people, but to actually amplify their goodness so that a ripple effect happens. And I, I'm just interested because the numbers on each of these books is, again, just hard to calculate. We have 100 authors with 100 leaders in their books. And just if they only knew 100 people each, that would be roughly 10,000 people would be reached per book. And if you think about reaching 10,000 people to inspire them to create hope in their life, I think that is the, probably the best gift you can give a human being is that no matter where they are, that they have more hope and uh, more positivity in their life. So I'm really excited. Let's, uh, let's get to our first guest. Uh, go ahead and introduce Richard and bring him in. So Richard Burkhart has been a behind-the-scenes guy for a long time. Uh, we had the pleasure of meeting him at Mastermind at Sea with Roger Salam, uh, that we were covering that event, uh, which is a, a mastermind at sea. And uh, Richard was there helping Jeff Steinberg, who is the gentleman I talked about that was born with no arms and uh, severe, severely deformed legs. And Richard is a friend of Jeff's and came along to help Richard or to help uh, Jeff because he needs some assistance. And Richard, um, you know, on the first meeting him, he's quiet, he's reserved, extremely friendly, and as I got to hear more and more about what he was doing in his life and his story, totally blew me away that he is totally one of those unsung heroes. You know, he may have started his uh, world in music by wanting to be a classic musician, but it certainly turned out that he's he worked with and still works with some of the biggest names in, in music history that have made, you know, albums unbelievable and, and platinum and gold over and over again. So you'll be hearing uh, stories from, you know, wonderful names like Wayne Newton, Frank Sinatra, George Michael, Prince, The Carpenters, Pat Boone, on and on and on. Uh, Richard, you're an absolute joy to interview. So please join us now. I, I, I'm standing ovation to you for your work through the years. Hi, hi. Hi, Richard. <laughs> well, How are you? I'm good. 
it's uh, early here in Southern California, but it's supposed to get sunny today. They're complaining about the weather. We have had a gray month. Through, uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad the sun's going to come visit you. That's why. That's why I don't live in Ohio, where I was born. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I just arrived 15 minutes before the show started. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, okay. so Richard, uh, I have to say it was really a, a a big pleasure and a super surprise to meet you on the cruise, uh, finding out that you're connected to so many of the people that I have not only purchased their music, but uh, I was a music collector, so I have pretty much all the hits by the people that you have worked with and uh it's it's a pretty large library i have so many questions for you but i want to start with uh i guess framing this that a lot of people if they meet you they wouldn't necessarily know your name or know that you're connected to so much success did you ever write a book i know jeff steinberg wrote a book and if it wasn't for him being on the cruise we wouldn't have met you but have you have you done a book uh, downloading all the stuff that you've experienced in life no, but uh, Andrea is suggesting that, and my sons, who are in their 30s now, have every once in a while picked up on some story that I'm telling, and they say, Dad, you got to write a book one of these days. So, well, you really do, yet, and it's, it's never too late to write a book. To, this could be a good way to kickstart it. We'll see. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I would be quite insistent, too, if I was your son. In fact, please adopt me, Okay. okay so um i I recently saw go ahead well before we came on there was something about the beatles and ironically last night on 60 minutes there was a whole long interview with paul mccartney and it made me remember a experience i had back in the 80s um i was managing an artist by the name of gino vanelli who's a canadian from montreal And he had gotten a Grammy for Best Engineered Album the year before. And Jerry Moss, who's the chairman of A&M Records and partnered with Herb Alpert, who signed Gino in the first place, um, was wanting something a little more commercial than what uh, Gino had recorded on the last album. Gino, on the same hand, wanted to have a wonderful sounding recording and compete with his success from the last album of being nominated again for a a Grammy. So I found the right person in a gentleman by the name of Jeff Emmerich. And you may or may not recognize that name too, but he's the engineer on the majority of the big success songs of uh, the Beatles. And Mm. so we were scheduled to go to London to record in Air Studios, which is where the Beatles did most of their early uh, recordings as well. And uh, the boys were really excited to meet Jeff and to get started on recording. So we showed up at Air, we showed up at Air Studios, and the first thing that uh, Jeff did was take them into the main studio where they'd be recording most of the, their songs and pointed at a machine that was sitting between two 3M recording machines. He says, this is going to change our lives, guys. And he was pointing at this machine that would sync up two machines together so you were no longer stuck with recording on 24 tracks, but now you had uh, double that. 
Wow. So the kids were like kids in a candy store. You know, they were like, oh, my gosh, we got to... <laughs> so long story short, a couple of days later, I come walking into Air Studio, and Jeff Emmerich's walking out of Studio A shaking his head. And I said, Jeff, what's wrong? He says, I can't believe it. We've already filled up all 40-some tracks here, and now I'm going to have to start going back to the old school of ping-ponging to get the quality of uh, recordings we want. He stopped and he turned around and he looked at me with a little smile on his face. He says, you know, I did Sergeant Pepper on a four-track. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So that, that was an interesting little transition there, and they had a wonderful album. It, uh, it was a little indulgent by Mr. Vanelli, but uh, he's entitled to it. It's his album in the context of stuff. Yeah, I remember I bought that uh, hit, I Just Want to Stop, and in a way he did stop because there wasn't a whole lot of more hits. Uh, he did have, I guess, another big song that came out, but he had a he had his a career, brother, that, that, His brother, his Ross, wrote uh, I Just Want to Stop. Okay, that's cool. So I just recently watched um, the Quincy documentary. Have you seen that by any chance? What? The, uh, there's a documentary out right now, uh, Quincy's documentary. I think you'd love it because it shows his career. He had age 82 or 83, I guess his family convinced him to, uh, you know, get out all the archives, the uh, film, the photos, and create a documentary. So it's it's pretty cool. And we're talking about Vanelli, right? No, I was talking about Quincy Jones. You're talking about who? Quincy Jones. Quincy reason- Jones, Okay. Well, the reason I say that is because Quincy Jones, like yourself, has spanned many, many decades working with amazing art- artists, and one of them was Frank Sinatra. So, I, uh, right. I I thought I thought that since you hadn't done a book and you've seen such a rich amount of music history, that you should check out the Quincy Jones documentary. It's it's done superbly. Well, yeah, and- no, I I didn't realize you were talking about Quincy Jones. Um, yeah, well, one of the interesting things to tie back to Vanelli is that the engineer he used that was nominated for Grammy and stuff was a fellow by the name of Tommy Vacari from Southern California. And mm-hmm. Quincy Jones uses Tommy almost uh, continually to this day because he wants a quality return on his product, and Tommy knows how to do that. He's really... As a matter of fact, Tommy ties into... Um, how I ended up having a funny experience with Prince. I was in Warner Brothers recording studios, or the main offices in uh, Burbank, and I ran into Tommy. And this was after he had stopped working with Gino. And uh, Tommy, I said, hey, Tommy, what's up? He says, oh, I'm just getting ready to go up to Minneapolis tomorrow. So what's in Minneapolis besides snow? He says, well, they had this kid that they've, signed that they think is the next Stevie Wonder. Oh, really? Next Stevie Wonder? That's quite an accomplishment. I think this was before he won the 10 Grammys, but anyway. um, So I said, well, good luck. Have fun with that. That was the last I heard of it until about six months later, I get a package from Warner Brothers that I get on a regular basis of their latest releases. And there on the top of the pile was Prince. And he was not wearing any shirt. 
So it was him looking over his shoulder, as I recall, and naked from the waist up. I thought, well, okay, that's not a very attractive-looking body, so sure hope he sings well. Remember, they're comparing him to Stevie Wonder, who is absolutely my favorite singer of all time. And fortunately, Gino and I and the band had a chance when I got them on the uh, five dates with Stevie Wonder and his Intervisions tour that Stevie pulled us into a dressing room and sang a new song that he had written during the sound check that Gino was doing an hour earlier. So he's very prolific. He just, you know, he's always playing music and he'll close Sando into the next hit if he gets a chance. Anyway, um, so the next time I crossed paths with, uh, oh, then I played the record, and of course, Prince's voice is not even close to Stevie Wonder's, but they're both, <laughs> they both work, especially now that you know Prince, the right. context of it. So, yeah, that, um, was, that, was, that album had the song, I Want to Be Your Lover, right? I believe so, yeah. I think it was, yeah, it was like 1979, and I think I have that, and then I, I mean, I was collecting music, so I, I know all the stuff you're talking about. So, I guess let's let's talk with uh, about Frank Sinatra. How did you meet him, and what what work did you do with him? Well, I had one experience with him. My partner okay. walked into my office one day and says, "Hey, we have an opportunity to do some fundraising for a politician. What do you think?" I said, "Well, I'm not really into politics that much." He said, "Well, all we have to do is produce the show. They have already got the talent committed." And um, we'll get a nice check for doing a job that we can do real easy. I said, okay, well, so who's the talent? Wayne Newton, Dean Martin, and Frank Sinatra. Hmm. Well, since I hadn't worked with those guys yet, I figured, ah, sure, why not? And then we ended up doing several concerts uh, around the country that were bringing high rollers in to meet and greet and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, they would... Um, turn over a nice big check to the Reagan uh, team at the end of it all. That led cool. me to the other end of the story, which is the inauguration day. And I'm standing with Mickey Rudin, who's Sinatra's attorney, and Wayne Newton as they announced the release of the hostages in Iran. And we looked at each other and said, guys, we just changed history. Hmm. Because if Reagan hadn't been there, that wouldn't happen, I don't think. So that was pretty exciting in its own right. That was a very special moment in my life as well as in the history of this country. And very I had a cool. chance to work with um, Pat Boone and uh, the Clintons on a uh, project for family values that uh, Pat, I got him to be appointed the chairman of the family values uh, committee. And they flew us into... Washington, D.C. to give awards out on a television show. And uh, at the last minute, we were invited to the White House to say hello to the Clintons. That was sort of fun, especially since I left my bag that I always carry with me with my ID and everything back at the hotel. And the only thing I had that had my name on it was a Union Unical 76 card. So I've always said I could be in the White House with my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, uh, I guess speaking of some of these people that you've met and which ones touched your heart the most or um, changed your life in some way, shape, or form, before I ask that, uh, did you meet Herb Albert since you mentioned him before? Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Herb, as a matter of fact, Herb's how I got into the business. Um, okay, because I think I was, he's amazing. I was, I was, excuse me? I think he's amazing. I think he's one of the best. Oh, Herb's wonderful for finding the talent. I mean, he's done that his whole life. Um, I was the sound engineer for the Carpenters on the road, in other words, mixing the stage sound out to the audience. And um, one day um, I came home, picked up my roommates who were in the band with the Carpenters, and uh, Richard had asked one of the guys to come off stage and start mixing the show because the engineer they were using was a studio engineer and he hated the road. And uh, that guitar player was insulted. He didn't want that to happen. So I said to uh, one of my close friends that, hey, maybe I can get that job. So I called up their manager, and the manager said, no, the manager's name was Sherwin Bash. Uh, he said, uh, no, you got to talk to Richard about that. I only do the business side. So I called Richard. Unfortunately, I'd known Richard for three years while all these kids were going through college at Cal State Long Beach. And um, so... Richard said, yeah, why don't you come along this weekend and we'll see how it works. And we ended up up in um, the Northwest and finished the last show at the Air Force Academy. Richard walked off stage, came by me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you got the job. So now I was the engineer mixing the sound on the live show. Six months later, I got... uh, Six, six months later, I got a call from Sherwin Bash, the manager, asked me to come in and he had something he wanted to discuss with me. So he sat me down and uh, he said, look, we've got a client that's coming out of retirement and I've watched how you've handled Richard and Karen with the little twists and turns that go with the live show. And uh, we'd like to hire you to be a member of our management team and take care of this client we have coming out of retirement. I said, well, who's coming out of retirement? It was Herb Alpert and the T.O.R. Brass. Oh, geez. So that was, that was like 1980? No, it was earlier than that. Okay. It was um, around the 75. Okay. Oh, really? He had signed okay. Gino Vanelli. Well, I remember when he came back out with Excuse Rise. Me. Right. Yeah, well, there was an album before that. Gotcha, gotcha. Rise, you know, Rise was written by his uh, his uh, grandson, and uh, I think I think it was Randy that wrote it. And, and uh, it was a that I I heard that walking down the hallway at A and M one day. I said, "Who is that?" They had just recorded it the day before, and they said, "It's Herb." I said, "Oh, he's finally got another hit." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice when you well, hear he, that and it. Comes true. If I recall, in the sixties, um, didn't he, didn't he have uh, like five albums or five songs actually charting in the top ten or something like that? I don't keep track of it that closely, but uh, he had forty three million records that he had sold by the time I was working with him. Yeah, and he had A so, and Records, which uh, gave you access to some amazing artists too, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, right. he, he had he had the uh, luxury of owning 
the Chaplin Studios they bought turned it into A&M Records. Well, I want to uh, give you a chance to answer that question I was kind of teasing you with earlier. So, who's an artist or two that we didn't talk about? That the Frank, um, was it the Frank Sinatra question? I know uh, it. It was the question that uh, of the people that you have met over time, who made an impression on you, and, and what did you learn from them? Well, um, learned from each and every one of them. Most of the acts that I worked with are really. Uh, Highly talented. I mean, uh, Prince, I always describe working with Prince uh, back in the Purple Rain era as being like in the movie Amadeus. You remember that movie with uh, Life of I Mozart? Do. Yeah, amazing. Remember, remember how brilliant he was? In yeah, totally. His musical side and what a lunatic he was on the other side of it? Exactly, yes. That's Prince. <laughs> just the, the most brilliant artist I was ever around, and I was around a lot of them over 40 years. But um, he picks up any piece of equipment and he can play it. Wow. And it's just so sad that he overdosed or whatever happened there because um, that that was a real waste. And so, so I've, unfortunately, I've been on both sides of a lot of these really brilliant artists. Uh, I was with a company called Littman Kahane who managed Michael Littman as the principal of the company, managed George Michael all the way through from the success of Faith with that making $50 million to uh, him having the same issues with his life, which is really a shame. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Influencers lead, but on Twitter, they also follow. Check out what the influencers are saying and talk back to us with your great ideas. Follow the Voice America Influencers channel on Twitter at VA Influencers. That's at VA Influencers and join in. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. 
We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, welcome back. This is Ken Rashan with Andre Adams Miller, and we are sponsored by Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, and of course, the Key Smiling Movement. Well, with a guest like Richard, you just want to have a couple-hour show, but you know we're going to hopefully um, we're going to hopefully inspire him to do an entire book, not just a chapter in a Key Smiling book. So, for those of you who ask have questions and we didn't get to answer them or ask them we're going to make sure that those are actually listed and and we're going to get those as part of the keep smiling book and andrea was uh interrupted so we want to get her back in to close out that first segment and andrea if you mm-hmm. want to ask mm-hmm. a question mm-hmm. to richard then we can uh, get yeah. the final question in and then we can have you introduce thea to the show Absolutely. So, Richard, we've been talking about all the wonderful things you've done in the past, but you're doing things right now in the present. Some of them are so awesome and big that we can't give away exactly the title of who it is and what it is that we're doing or you're doing. And uh, I would love you to share like how um, what you're doing in the world right now to make magic happen. I have a client that I've had for 15 years as a concert pianist by the name of Mona Golubek. And when I first took her on, she's a brilliant pianist. I mean, she just rips it up. She's not shy about the strength that she brings to the keyboard. And uh, when I first met her, she had toured around the world and been with Zubin Mehta and all the high-powered conductors in different worlds and countries and stuff. But she was a little burnt out on that. And she happened to mention something about her mother who it turned out to had been a child protege in Vienna, Austria, right before World War II. And so I said, hmm, maybe we can get a book deal with that. So that was our pursuit, and we got a deal with um, Warner Books to um, make a book on her mom's life story. And her, her mom lived in Vienna right before World War II. The kinder transport was formed by a group of Jewish families, and they saved about 10,000 kids by putting them on trains and shipping them off to England. Their mom was with 30 other kids in a monastery, not a monastery, in a uh, um, hostel in London. And uh, when she got there, her mother, as she had put her on the train never to see her daughter again, said to her, Hold on to your music, it'll be your best friend in life. We have a nonprofit called Hold On to Your Music that will help get this story out. And we have this book that tells the story of the Kinder Transport and how all these kids lost their family connections and stuff. Her mom, fortunately, was able to get to America 
married happily and had two daughters. Mona was the oldest and uh, Renee was the youngest. And um, it's a powerful story. It just rips your heart out as to the tragedy of all these kids losing their families and stuff like that. But at the same time, with her playing it with all the romantic composers, the soundtrack is the Greek piano concerto, and then you've got all Chopin, Debussy, and all that put in it. It really just hits right to the core with the audience. And uh, we've just uh, had a notification last week that uh, there's a feature film in the works now that we've been working to get for 15 years. What's the name of the film? So that's, oh, the, the name of the book is uh, Romantic... No, not the Romantic Hours. That's a radio show. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. <laughs> the the, uh, the book is called The Children of Willesden Lane. Cool. Well, Richard, obviously, we'd love to have more time. We can certainly bring you back after we get your key smiling chapter and book completed, and we'll continue the conversation. So, Andrea, if you'd please bring in Thea Austin. Yes, Thea. Thank you so much for being patient. Thea is this amazing soul, Thea Austin. I met her uh, at Think and Grow Rich in uh, Orange County with uh, John Chin had brought her in, and she sang from stage gorgeous. Uh, she so many categories. She's a platinum-selling recording artist and writer. She's a sultry diva, super sexy, powerful vocalist, producer, lyricist, stunning, beautiful international performer. She was born in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and she's been singing since she was eight years old. Um, she has done so many things. I don't want to take any more time talking about her. I want this girl on. Rhythm is a Dancer is one song you guys might recognize, and she's um, also still touring with I Love the 90s. Sophia, welcome to the show. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Good morning, America. That was a great interview. I really enjoyed that. So much to learn from uh, someone who's been in the business for so long. And uh, I loved your questions and your energy as well. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. It's great to be uh, on the line with you both. Well, since we never have enough time in either segment, I would like to invite you to share a brief uh, story about you growing up and how you actually got inspired to get in the music scene. Oh, thank you. I grew up in uh, a very small town uh, called Clareton, Pennsylvania. I grew up in a small town called Clareton, Pennsylvania, which is uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a big steel mill uh, city. It was a big steel mill city, a very small town, though. And uh, the movie Deer Hunter was was shot there. So I grew up in a blue-collar family. Dad, very hardworking, and uh, mother of five, and uh, we grew up a family of seven. And uh, my first influence was my older sister, Vontel, who we fondly call Tub, uh, because she was a tubby baby, and um, I love taking baths in a tub. So uh, anyway, she was an, an awesome soul singer, and, uh, and so by the time I was four years old, my uh, preschool teacher asked what that I want to be, and I said, uh, when I grow up, and I said, I'm going to be a teacher and a singer, and she said, you're full of it, and, uh, <laughs> and I was, I was already full of the joy and knowledge and uh, the intuition that that is what I would be, and that is what I became. I had parents and family that um, strongly believed in the gift that uh, I was serving our community with that is a healing gift, because music is just that. Music is a universal language, a universal healing 
Miller. My sister was the first musical in, uh, influence over my life that really inspired me to sing more. As the more she did it, the more I did it, and the more uh, singers she brought into my life, like you know Chaka Khan or the Jackson Five or you know our local Phyllis Hyman, uh, etc. All the um, Minnie Ripperton, all the great, wonderful, um, you know, R&B singers. And I just, my parents were like, hey, if you keep your grades up in school, do do that, you know. So they were encouraging forces. And also my dad, Arthur Austin, was uh, just a very hardworking man, 16-hour shifts to buy property and build a 14-room home out in the country for us. And uh, so I saw by their example of uh, following through, setting a goal and following through. And so that's how we lived our lives. And that's, you know, through all the challenges, all the bullying, all the things that went through in the in the 60s, 70s, and 80s with uh, the civil rights movement, uh, feminist uh, movement, uh, human rights movement, all of that, and being involved in that with my family uh, brought me to this place of being able to uh, draw on all those emotions as a child, all those situations, challenging situations, the pain and the joy, to draw from that and to be able to write songs and sing songs from a very pure place and that's really where the gift started in Clarendon, Pennsylvania how, and how it developed and uh, and then with the amb- ambition to go to the University of uh, Pittsburgh and graduate with my degree in education and psychology and I uh, worked for United Civil Party for quite a few years and uh, really built the foundation uh, for myself in terms of understanding that a purpose-driven life is a fulfilling life and uh, being a problem solver and helping other people, being a nurturer with the gift of music. And uh, and so I let that lead me, and that led me to the producers from SNAP and uh, to write uh, songs such as Rhythm is a Dancer and uh, Do You See the Light and Believe in It, songs that present hope and, uh, and uh, joy good vibration and um and yeah that's it that's a quickie <laughs> that, that like is and it's, but it's powerful too because you address so many things that i would love to expand on with the minute time we have left so first of all um you said music is the universal language which i totally agree with it brings the world together and of course with our invitation your hopeful acceptance of doing a chapter uh smiles the universal expression. So I can't wait to have you have music and smiles connect and, and really create hope for people that are reading your story. The second thing Absolutely. is I have Thank been, you. I've been seeing your, uh, your ad. Well, I've been hearing the music in an ad, a TD bank. Are you familiar with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had to sign off on that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Rhythm is a dancer is in that commercial. And that's exactly what it even exemplifies, you know, how uh, music being that universal language that even in corporate America, such as banking, that, that a song could just really hit the spirit of someone, the soul of someone in a corporate environment in a suit that he just breaks out in this joyful dance, you know? Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, that's a phenomenal um, example of the power of music, as you just said, but I, I'll just say that when you have an ad and you have the right the right script and the right music, you don't get tired of looking at it, which is programming you to love the brand and, of course, fall in love with the music again. Yes, I like your point of view on that. Indeed. <laughs> well, I was a DJ when your song came out, and so I played that song quite a bit. I mean, there was so much cool club music out at that time. Just, Indeed, just love thank that you scene. so much for playing the song. Where would we? <laughs> where would artists be without our DJs? Without the people that love the music, you know? 
Yeah. Wasn't that a magical time, though, for music? Absolutely. The 90s were magical times for music. Music was shifting. The sound of music was shifting. And uh, certain genres of music were starting to become merged. Hip-hop was uh, being uh, fi- finally being accepted and, and, and noted as, a, as a, a stable force of music. And what Run, Run DMC did with... Um, uh, Steven Tyler and uh, Walk This Way, you know, the merging of sounds, the merging of R&B diva voices with uh, synthesized EDM electronic dance music is what was happening with Snap, with uh, CNC Music Factory, and then the, the emergence Hadaway, of New Jack Swing, Hadaway, <laughs> What Is Love, yes. And all of the all of the sounds were starting to get. Um, that was the beginning of uh, the emergence of uh, you know electronic dance music being accepted as a, a stable force of music, and it was being merged with R and B. It was being merged with uh, a little bit of rock, a little bit of symphonic string sounds. All of it was starting to happen, and and then we get to this place thirty years later, where all of the younger artists that like the Justin uh, Bieber's and Timberlake's and and all the young singers Rihanna and and etc. that whose music is like hip hop is merged with country now. Who could have right. seen that thirty years ago? I know Billy yeah, Ray Cyrus <laughs> and the Old Town song. You know, with with a young yeah. hip hop artist that is, is is a phenom now. You know, and so uh, the marriage of uh, this started in the nineties with dance music, and now it's there's a perfect marriage going on with dance music being accepted and merging with all other genres of music, even opera, opera, country, rock. You know, yeah, hip hop, R and B, it's all beautiful. Do you remember Company B? Yep. Oh, I certainly remember a Company B. I actually uh, was hired to to uh, re-record a cover of uh, Fascinated. You know, wasn't that a great song? Um, that song. Yeah, I just ridiculous. performed it in Canada uh, at a at an event in Canada on Saturday night. I love that song. Right. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, because we have only so much time, I want to just share one thing with you that's uh, I relate to you a lot, and, I, and I'm going to prove it right now. Is remember Hadaway? Of course. What I, went love. To, I went to I went to school with him <laughs> in high school. He Did. was he was on he was on my track team. I shouldn't say my track team, but since I was a senior and he was a junior, that was my <laughs> track team, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right, he, exactly. He, he left and went to England and just blew up with uh, that song, What Is Love. And, of course, he added some other cool songs. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of the artists or music that you just absolutely love and would like to share with the, the guests from the show? Uh, some of the, thank you, and I love Hathaway as an individual and his uh, the songs that he gives purely from his soul. He's a great guy and funny, too. Uh, some of the, my influences, the earlier influences, were solid uh, songstress. Uh, Aretha Franklin because she just bought the whole spirit you know with her in a song and uh, and because she was my dad's uh, and, uh, one of my mother's favorite artists and my sister as well great influence on me and impacted the style uh, of the built the foundation for me her voice you know um, I totally love Aretha totally loved uh, in my really 
young years, uh, Minnie Ripperton, because she had a vocal range that was extraordinary, and the the way the the, the types of the subjects, the content of her songs, uh, really moved my young soul, as well as the the um, the struggle and the challenge and the triumph, the victory that Tina Turner uh, presented, the the umption, the 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 chutzpah, the, the soul power that she had in her voice. You know, I love singers that bring the joy and the pain. Frankie Beverly mm-hmm. and Maze, Michael Jackson, Prince, you know, uh, all of those uh, artists, you know, and singers like Donny Hathaway, you know, they all brought the joy and the pain to my life as a young child, and they set the tone for the type of tone and feeling that would come from this gift that I was born with. So those are my very early influences. Nowadays, I'm influenced by Beyonce, Rihanna, Adele, uh, very powerful singers that write about life and revelation, Jill Scott, Layla Hathaway, Bonnie Hathaway's daughter, you know? Yes. I, I want to yes. I want to keep listening, but we are being told that we're getting going close to the end of the show, and I want to ask a couple questions that have to do with um, choices and inspirations. Of I want to say that I want to interject. I love soul to soul too, and I didn't know that would just go into a tangent. So we're just going to go right to rapid fire, and we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Richard. So first question for you: What's a book that changed your life? A book that uh, is called uh, How to Thrive Through Uncertainty and uh, Recovery: Adult Children of Alcoholics. These things totally changed my life. I didn't understand that when a, when a child has a parent that is either alcoholic or drug addicted, that psychologically and physiologically, uh, this changes a child and why we grow into well, adulthood. We have a couple more questions for you, so let, there's yes. only one more minute left. So, go uh, Richard, Richard, go ahead, ask the same, uh, answer the same question. What's a book that changed your life, Richard? Okay, well, actually, it's just changing my life, and it's George Gilder's uh, Life After Google. Awesome. And, of course, Jeff Steinberg's Masterpiece in Progress would probably be another one. So, Andrea, go ahead and ask your question. The song that you sing that motivates you. Thea? Rhythm is a Dancer. I hate. I, I don't mean it to sound <laughs> egotistic, but Rhythm is a Dancer. Good job. And Richard? And Richard? Um, what kind of fool am I from Stop the World I Want to Get Off by Anthony Newley? I thought for sure you are going to say Herb Alpert, this, uh, this guy's in love with you. All right, final question. Thea, uh, what's a quote you live by? To that own self be true. Beautiful. Richard? What was the question? Uh, what's a quote that you live by? Oh, Never Give Up by Winston Churchill. Okay, and also Chuck Mangione. Good job. <laughs> As a song, that is. So you guys are fantastic. I mean, I, this is definitely the the perfect example of why can't these shows be longer. But we're going to have you back when you finish your Keep Smiling chapters just so we can continue the conversation. This has been massively enjoyable from a, a guy who's been in the music business, a DJ for 35-plus years. So I know the music, and I know how important it is to you. So we're going to continue that conversation. And, ladies and gentlemen, this show is Amplified Thea Austin and Richard Burkhart. Thank you so much, Andre Adams Miller from the Red Carpet Connection, my publicist for putting these shows together. This was a magical one for sure. And we'll be back next week. This show has been brought to you by Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, of course, the Key Smiling Movement. We'll see you next week. Stay amplified. Amplified. 
We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.